You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to They Call Me Mr. You, the all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life. We got a lot to unpack today, baby, so let's get it. Sit back, relax, enjoy the ride. I'm your tour guide, Mr. You! Ha! Thank you again for joining us on They Call Me Mr. You, the all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life. So wherever you're listening, however and wherever you get your podcast from, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, however you may be listening today, we thank you for joining us. Thank you for making They Call Me Mr. You a part of your day and a part of your week. Like I said in the intro, we got a lot to unpack today, so let's get it on. You know, generally speaking, we got a lot of info that comes our way. Our eye gates and our ear gates are full of information. We're inundated with it everywhere. People talking to us, instructing us, teaching us, advising us, correcting us. Even hating on us. We get so much information. Sometimes it's misinformation as well. Sometimes we got to bump what we heard. If that makes sense to some of you guys out there. Everything that we hear is not valuable. Everything that we receive and make our own is not helpful for us. I saw that in some real significant ways over the past week. Since we last been on the air talking to each other through this podcast, I realized some things. I've seen something I'm hearing from you guys, you know, just to, Give you guys a shout out, your thoughts and comments, the things that you've been sharing, your comments about the pod. Greatly appreciated. I'm definitely getting a sense that this podcast is making a somewhat of a small difference, at least in your lives. So we appreciate your support. Thank you for the comments. Keep them coming. All of our lives, and I'll just speak for myself, and from all of my life. I've heard that gold is the most valuable, precious metal that there is. I saw the impact of that belief in the neighborhood where I grew up in. I saw what people would do to have gold in their hands. I saw what people would do in the marketplace to be able to sell gold to you as a consumer for money all under the belief that gold is the most precious metal that's available to us just after some pondering and some thinking and even some wisdom through research I realized that that statement that we've been living by 
for years is not exactly accurate. Gold is not the most precious metal that we have available to us. You may have never heard of it before, but it's the most precious metal is rhodium. R-H-O-D-I-U-M. That is the most valuable precious metal and the rarest to find. It actually comes at about $16,500 per ounce of it. It's found mostly in South Africa, more than 80% of it. I think the remainder can be found in, in Russia, if I'm not mistaken. But rhodium is actually the most valuable and rarest precious metal that we have. And at the same time, it's relatively unknown. Let that part sink in for a second. Rhodium is the most precious, valuable metal that we have, but it's also the rarest and relatively unknown. There's a point that we're going to touch on throughout the course of the episode. I want you to catch that, though. It's the rarest, but we know the least about it. Or we have least, the least access to it. Like most precious things, if we don't have it in our hands or we can't attain it, we often replace it with something that's inferior. Fortunately and unfortunately, coming from New York City, where I'm from, from the borough of Brooklyn, shout out to all my folks in Brooklyn out there. We often see copies, inferior duplications of something that is original, valuable, worth. In cases where the, that rare precious metal rhodium can be attained, it's often replaced with a lesser, slightly inferior precious metal. In this case, it would be palladium. For those that care about this, rhodium is used in the automobile industry. It's used for catalytic converters, excuse me. Reduces emissions, exhaust gases, the kind of things that are important to the atmosphere and the environment that we should be caring about. Rhodium is key in that process. Because it's so rare, there's a lot of infighting, a lot of financial implications, a lot of political implications in getting your hands on rhodium because of how rare it is and what the impact it can have positively on the atmosphere and the environment. So basically, long story short, there's a lot of drama attached to this because it's so precious, because it's so rare. And still, it's relatively unknown by the majority of people living on this earth. They don't realize its importance. They don't realize its value. They don't realize what kind, what level of good it can do when used properly. See, when it's unattainable or it can't be gained, it's instinctive a lot of times with us to replace it with something lesser. Can you say you've done that in other areas of your life? Where you don't have the real thing, the genuine article, you try to fill that void with something else that's maybe of a lesser quality, 
maybe slightly inferior to the original, to the real deal. We do that in a lot of different ways. Where I come from, we've seen a lot of fake, a lot of posers, a lot of folks pretending to be the genuine article or selling the genuine article, but it's a duplicate. It's a copy or what we call back in Brooklyn. It's a knockoff. People going crazy for Gucci purses, but these purses have three C's instead of two C's for Gucci. And they pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for them. Don't even realize the misspelling. Those are knockoffs. They're not Louis Vuittons. They're not really Gucci's. They're imitations. They look the same. They feel the same. But there's some slight differences. Subtle in most cases. That will allow you to. If you're paying attention and you're discerning. The difference between the genuine article. And the imitation. Do we know the real thing when it's in front of us? A question to ponder from the coach today. Do we know the real thing when it's in front of us? I'm talking about not just jewelry, but relationships. Do we know the real thing when it's in front of us? People who we allow to speak into our life, who we allow to counsel us, who we allow to teach us, who we call mentors. Do we know the real thing when it's in front of us? If we do, can we appreciate what we have that many may not have the access to? Can we be humble enough and appreciate what we have? Or are we like many who like the version that we have instead? It's not the real thing. It's a Gucci with three C's in it. But we out here trying to present an image of ourselves that may not be authentic and legitimate. So we continue with the charade. We continue with the lie. Who's ever heard of that movie called The Emperor's New Clothes? Yes, it's for kids, but the message is astounding and definitely fit for adult consumption. Long story short, it's about a emperor. His responsibility is to lead as well as to maintain the financial status of the country. But he has a history of overspending. He spends money on lavish clothes. He's known for it. He does it even at the expense of state matters. At the expense of the people and the people's needs, the needs of the country, of the region. So some swindlers found out about his expensive spending habits. And they pretended to be clothing makers. So they came and supplied him with clothes that happened to be invisible. Stay with me now. Offered the king some invisible clothes. And said the only people who can see the clothes. Are those who are incompetent or stupid. So the emperor. With all of his pride and all of his ego. Didn't really believe what he was saying. What the swindlers were saying to him. 
but pride wouldn't let him admit that he couldn't see the clothes either, thereby making him in the same company as incompetence and stupidity. So even though he knew it was a lie, even though he knew it wasn't authentic, the clothes weren't real. He continued with the facade anyway. The townsfolk and the emperor knew it was a pretense. Everybody knew that he didn't really have clothes on and that the clothes weren't invisible and that he got swindled. But he didn't want to look foolish. So he continued to parade himself through the town, showing off his new clothes that nobody can see. In that event, in that movie, the bottom line is that everybody knows the truth, including the emperor, but he continued to walk in pride. He knew the truth, but continued to walk in pride. The townsfolk knew the truth, continued to walk in pride and not be honest, not be authentic. It took a little girl to say, you don't have any clothes on. The little girl, a a child, the voice of reason amongst all of these so-called learned wise people. When the real thing is not available, we instinctively try to replace it with an alternate or a duplicate that's similar. It's kind of like it, but it's not the authentic, genuine article. Do we know the real thing when it's in front of us? If we do, can we appreciate what we have access to? Can we appreciate what we're so fortunate to have? Or, like many again, do we like the version that we already had? The version that doesn't require anything of us. The Gucci bag with three C's. So we can tell our friends that we're balling. Tell our friends that we're doing well. Project the image that things are a lot better than they actually are. Allow us to continue to wallow in our pride. Even though we know that those invisible clothes aren't real. but pride won't let us admit it. Back where I come from, there's an area in New York City. It is world-renowned. It's called the Jewelry District. It's on 47th Street. It's not the only Jewelry District, just to be honest with you, but it's the most popular one. It's where all of the big-name celebrities, people who are on a certain wealth level, they go there to buy everything from rings to even flatware to candelabras. You name it. If it's if it's of any kind of metal, if it's a jewelry, it's available there. You can find almost anything there. Most of the stuff is marked 10K for 10 karat gold, 14K for 14 karat gold, marked 925 for sterling silver, depending on the jewelry item. But it's historic. It's legendary. I'm talking about all the glitz that you'd imagine. Especially at night. All the stores are lit up. The store windows are shimmering with with jewelry and, and all kind of flashy, bright, enticing 
items to draw your attention. People standing out in the front of their stores, store owners trying to get you to come in. Showing you things and trying to get your attention, trying to invite you into their store to make purchases. Like I said, it's historic. You can look it up. The New York City Jewelry District. It's on 47th Street. It's very well known. There's so much going on that you can't possibly see it all. Each window is different than the last one. But what you also find in this district, besides celebrities and a lot of glitz and glamour that comes with that, stores that have some of the most beautiful jewelry you'll ever see in your life. What you also see in that district, nestled in amongst all of these legitimate store owners, you'll see so-called jewelers, you'll see disreputable men selling inauthentic copies of jewelry. Not the genuine article. I'm talking about Fake articles, fake jewelry, not gold, not silver, but byproducts, imitations, all found in the same place, in the same district as the authentic. Isn't that where things are in life sometimes? In the midst of where the authentic is, there's the fake, there's the substandard. In places where you can find rhodium, you can also find a substandard version, a slightly inferior version. That's where we are in life a lot of the times. The genuine and the imitation can be found in the same place. And they're so close to each other, especially in a jewelry district, just as an example. They're so close to each other that they often can be indistinguishable. The non-discerning eye may not be able to tell a difference. They look the same. The owners are saying the same things about them. The owners offering similar pricing, but they're not the same. The imitation is just in the same company, in the same vicinity as the genuine article. And then you almost have to choose. They're practically indistinguishable. And I think that that is true to where we are in life. In that setting, we are often betrayed by our own eyes and by our own hearts. We lie to ourselves. I've had countless conversations just over the past few weeks alone. And honestly, if you listen today, I'm not calling your name, but I'm just being honest. Some of you have been lying to me. Maybe you didn't intend to, but you've been lying. You've been saying, this is what I believe. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. But it hasn't been honest. Either to yourselves or with me. Most of the time, the people who I talk to that fitness category, they're seeking purpose, just like most of us are. But they're not being honest about that. And they're pretending as though they've already found the real thing. They have what they need. No, you have what suffices for now. You have a temporary option, but it's not the genuine article. 
if your mind and your trajectory can just change in a matter of days, in a week, what you have is not stable. These conversations are coming in the form of networking, mentoring, some coaching. And one of the things that I ask initially is, how do you develop yourself? What are you doing personally and professionally to develop yourself? Who are you allowing to speak into your life? Who are you listening to? Who are you sitting at the feet of? These are the kind of things that bring out an entirely different response than what starts initially in the conversation. See, it's possible to be moving and make movements and not be functioning. You can indeed exist, but not be truly living. Without purpose, we don't have position. And we don't, without position, we're outside of where we should be. We're lost. See, you can walk that district on 47th Street. And many might think that's the life. See a celebrity. Buy something with a name on the box and a name on the bag. You could walk that district as well and some might see enormous debt. They might see the expectations of others. They might see cages and prisons, chains and gates. It all comes down to perspective. You can be in the same district, looking in the same picture window and see something totally different than the person standing next to you. They might see a step up in their status just because of that necklace or that pair of earrings. The other person might see a debt they don't want to invite into their life. An item they know they don't really have to have to feel good about themselves. We've been convinced for decades that gold is the most valuable precious metal. It's all about perspective. Two people can walk that same district like I have many a time. One will be in awe and chase the light. The other will know the light that matters is already on the inside of them. That really reminds me a lot of the rich young ruler that we discussed in previous episodes. It's in the book of Matthew in the Bible. He had fame, money, influence, authority. He had everything plus. When did he realize that something was missing? When did he realize that everything he had just wasn't cutting it? While you think about that, here's another question. What's the best method to determine a counterfeit bill? It's pretty easy. Get a legitimate, authentic dollar bill. And compare it from that. It's just that simple. The rich young ruler had all of the amenities, all of the accoutrements, every appendage you could think of. Fame, money, influence, authority, he had it all. But when he stood next to the real thing, when he stood next to the savior, his void was exposed. He realized that everything he had that he thought was authentic and genuine and legitimate He realized that he didn't have that. 
and he immediately felt as though he was lacking. You can walk that same district. Some might see the light as enticing and inviting. Some might see it for what it is. An opportunity just to have status. To have name recognition. To be important in the eyes of other people. Two different lights. Two different people. Two different perspectives. When the rich young ruler was standing next to the Savior, Jesus Christ. It was easy for him to determine what he had compared to what he had in the Savior. It's easy to compare or determine what you have when you have two lights to compare from. He spent his entire life, speaking of the rich young ruler, doing what he was doing, had what he had, lived the way he lived. Never a comparison. He was at the elite level. But when he ran into that savior, that authenticity, the legitimacy, then a comparison was able to be made. And he realized that he didn't have what he thought he had or what he had wasn't of the kind of value that he thought. He began to long for more. Otherwise, he may never have noticed if he hadn't been standing next, next to what was authentic. If he wasn't in the company, in the vicinity of what was genuine. The world has a saying that the heart wants what the heart wants. That encourages self-trust and self-guidance. Being led by your own thoughts and your own feelings. I referenced Jeremiah 17 and 9 last week. I'll reference it again for those in the back. The heart is deceitfully wicked and beyond being able to be cured. Who can know it? Who can understand it but God? Trusting our own hearts is a recipe for disaster because we can so easily change our minds, so easily change our plans. If a certain wind blows, we'll change our direction. No accountability in that, in that saying. A limited view, a lack of depth. A lack of true perspective. We just do whatever feels right. Whatever looks good. I constantly, and I mean this almost on a daily basis, I network with people who want everything the young ruler had. They want the fame and the money. The influence, the authority. They want to be known. They want to be honored and revered in the marketplace. They want people to like them. So they add on any appendage they can. They add on that Gucci purse with three C's. They'll add the jewelry, the earrings. They'll add the lies on the resume. They'll exacerbate what they actually did. And add a few words in there for emphasis. But there's no real tangible changes. It's just like changing your clothes. It's like being on the stage and changing your outfit. Putting on a costume. You take it on, you take you put it off. Excuse me, you put it on, you take it off. Like flipping a switch. On, off, on, off. 
when I have these conversations, you know what else comes out? Besides all this bravado and, oh, I'm doing great. The world is my oyster. You know what else comes out? Insecurity, fear, lack of substance, dishonesty, a refusal to walk in courage, and letting fear dictate what we do and the decisions that we make. Man, it's the paradox of life. What we don't need, we crave. And what we should crave, we loathe it. I'm going to say that part again, man. It's the paradox of life. What we don't need, we crave. And what we should be craving, we loathe it. We have contempt for it. Do you know anybody that hides behind their fancy cars? Hides behind their careers and education? Do you know anybody that hides behind undisciplined language and an unstable lifestyle? Just trying to be nice looking and presentable and acceptable, but not really changing anything. Anything that matters, anything that's substantial. Do you know anybody like that? That only cares about their goal and they don't realize how many people they've trampled along the way and how much of their own purpose and their character and their integrity they sacrificed for this goal. Makes you wonder if this goal is worth having to start with. This is truly a God-given goal. A God-inspired purpose. Or do you just have some nice looking counterfeits rather than the real thing? That story of the prodigal son, it really comes to mind. You can find it in Luke chapter 15. But it really comes to mind. It really strikes me right now as interesting. And and I think it fits where we're going in the episode today. The prodigal son, one of the biggest things that if you need to take away is that he tried to avoid the process. Can anybody relate to that today? The son had everything just by being in loving relationship with his father and being beloved, being honored and cherished. He had access to anything that he could ever imagine needing. He already had it now. But because of a lack of perspective, he couldn't see that. He wanted his father wanted him to be fully educated. His father wanted him to build trust. Confidence and understanding of what the family business is and how to run it. His father wanted him to be complete in his responsibilities and being accountable. The father wanted the son to take ownership so he can handle all the obstacles that will come in the course of running the family business. He just wanted him to be ready. The son traded his future in for right now instead. The son traded his future for right now. The son wanted to skip the trials, jump right to the trophy, circumvent the training, leap right to graduation. We cannot be afraid, nor can we loathe the process because everything about this life is a process. Everything about your life is a process. You can try to skip it. You can try to fall in line with the microwave generation. Give it to me quick. Give it to me fast. Give it to me now. Or 
get a lot of process to take shape. People all over the world are trying to produce olive oil. But you know which olive oils are the best? The ones that complete the process. People all over the world are trying to be the next one to come out with a new wine. And put their label with their names on it. But you know what's the best wine? The one that completely follows the process. From start to finish. Has the best taste. The best tannins. Has the best aroma. Has the best bouquet. Because they complete the entire process. I don't know too many people who want to eat unripened fruit. There's something missing. There's a flavor palette that's missing because it didn't complete the process. It was stunned before its time. The prodigal son, like many of us, have been trying to avoid the process. We don't want to be fully educated. And I don't mean in college. That's not what we're talking about today. They don't want to take the time to build trust, to be confident, to understand what's required of us so that we can do well, so that we can be successful. We don't want to be responsible. We don't want to take ownership of what's in our hands. And we daily trade our future in for the right now. It's all about perspective. When you walk that district on 47th Street, what you look at, what you levitate towards, what attracts you, it says more about what's in you than what you're looking at. It says more about what's inside of you than what you're looking at. The prodigal son wanted to go and spend his money. That said more about what was inside of him than what was around him. The environment that he was learning in, being taught from, the learning tree that he was sitting under. It said more about what was inside of him than that. It was about what he wanted, what he craved, what he lusted after. 47th Street and the jury district back home in New York City wouldn't be what it is today, how I just described it earlier in the episode. It wouldn't be any of that stuff if it was not for lust, if it was not for craving, if it was not for greed, if it was not for a desire to be somebody through articles and items and things, it wouldn't be anything more than a strip mall if it wasn't for that. That's what made it. Those things is what made that district what it is today. That's what's, what's made it historic and legendary. It has all the glitz and the glamour that you can imagine attached to it. Greed, lust, and cravings. This lady named Rita Mae Brown, she has an incredible quote. She said, the reward for conformity is that everyone likes you but yourself. Mm. I think that's pretty deep. Eleanor Roosevelt has an incredible quote as well. Most of you guys probably heard it before. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. I think both ladies are hitting on something powerful there. 
What are we attracted to? What are we listening to? Who are we sitting at the feet of? Is our goal momentary applause in the circles of popular recognition? Or do we care about being reproduced in areas that matter in this life? And being that for other people. Being an influence that matters for other people. Do you trust what others tell you about your worth? We've heard most of our life. I know I have. That gold is the most, is of the utmost value, the most precious, the most valuable metal there is. And I believe that. I didn't have information. I didn't even seek it. I just accepted what I heard. Do you trust what others tell you about your worth? People say your, your value is equivalent to silver. Do you believe that? Do you believe what they say about your worth? The prodigal son was given everything. The rich young ruler was given everything. I didn't say they earned it. I didn't say they worked for it. I said they were given everything. And still they felt like they had nothing. How was that possible? When someone tells me in the course of networking or in personal conversations that they have everything they need and they don't need my help, they don't need my mentoring or counsel, they have everything they need. How is it that they still feel like they're missing something if you have everything you need? Which light are you talking about? The light that has no accountability, a lack of depth, a lack of perspective, or the light that provides purpose, value, unconditional love for yourself and for others. Which light are we talking about? Which is the one that allows you to have this everything? How much are we like the prodigal son? Let's take a step back and take a look at that. How much are we like the rich young ruler? It's something to think about. I think we need to. We really need to. Out there in your neck of the woods, where you are, where you live, work, and play, people may be treating you like silver. People could be treating you like gold. And that might be enough for you. Because you like silver. You like gold. You believe what I believed. They had the most value. Come to find out. What we heard wasn't exactly accurate. Maybe you have more worth than what they say. What you've been limited to. Maybe you're more like rhodium than you realized. Just something to think about. Often in life, when the real thing is not attainable or we don't have a desire to attain it and achieve it, and we loathe what's authentic and what's real, we'll always settle 
for inauthentic copy. We'll always settle for a duplicate. We'll always settle for an item of lesser value. This time of year, as we head into the Christmas season, you'll see that a lot. If you wanted that 70-inch television all those years, waiting to get enough money to get it. That name brand that you trust. Those features that you desire. And for some reason, you can't get it. Because of the pressure of the expectation of other people or just our own desires that may be selfish in some ways. You may go ahead and settle for the 70 inch TV from that other guy, from that other company who you don't trust, who you don't know anything about, who's often a much lower price, hundreds of dollars lower. You'll take it. That's what we do. Do we know when the real thing is in front of us? And if we do, can we appreciate what we have? Or do we like the version that we have instead? People could be treating you like silver and treating you like gold. But maybe you have more worth than what they say. Maybe you're like rhodium. Maybe you're more valuable than you realized. All that glitters ain't gold. I don't know about you guys, but this episode was a powerful, thought-provoking one for me. I got a lot to chew on and hope you do too. So just in case you didn't know, this is the all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life. We talk about everything. And we'll continue to do that. So thank you guys for all the support. The ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for all the love out there. Thoughts and questions coming through the Mirror Time community on our Facebook page. A lot of love and comments on the blogs. Thank you so much again. We really appreciate that. Don't skip the trials, guys. Don't jump to the trophy. Get the real thing. Thank you so much again for joining us and for listening. So they call me Mr. You again. We really appreciate it. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. We'll be back next week at our normal scheduled time. Hopefully. Have a Merry Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season, baby. Have a great week. Coach out! Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. 
please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find They Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.